welcome to episode 3 of Droning On with Echo Grid. I am the titular Echo Grid, and this time I'm sitting down with California-based ambient producer and guitarist Quaj Basket, also better known as Sam Gold. And this man has been absolutely instrumental in shaping my approach to sound design, especially when it comes to like drones and textures. Um, a large part of the reason why a lot of the drones and textures in my own music are guitar-based uh, is thanks to this man's music. Uh, I've been listening to it for about 10 years, and even though we have exchanged emails and like kind words over social media over the, over the years, I've never really had the chance to sit down and, and speak to this man and to pick his brain about how he views music, where he comes from, and where he sees himself going next. So yeah, without any further ado, this is my talk with Quaj Basket. It's great to finally talk to you, man. It's kind of weird for me as well, because I, I've been I listening know, to you for so long. <laughs> <laughs> We've... We've been chatting online for like 10 years. Yeah, something something like that. Like the errands email every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Back when we were SoundCloud only, back in, <laughs> you know, internet yeah. internet music 1.0, like pre-Spotify, pre all this yeah. insanity. Exactly. When it was it was just uh two young lads uploading random stuff to SoundCloud and <laughs> hoping what happens with no no plan to try to make any money off of it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it was always been a goal of mine, but you know, if you're an indie musician, you sort of accept when you start the craft that you are probably not, not going to get rich of this, especially not if you're in a niche genre that like we are, you know. I was going to say we we picked the best genre to make money. Oh it's, god, uh, yeah, it's not even a dead a- genre. It's fucking still lo-fi electronic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's where all the the deep pockets are is in the ambient scene. <laughs> Definitely, like uh, who else in the scene makes money? I think it's just Moby, isn't it? I think it's yeah, maybe Moby, Moby. Like I was gonna say, like maybe like Hammock. I guess they're they're kind of heavyweights, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Hammock is pretty. Didn't they pretty they did name. the music for for one movie, didn't they? They did something. Yeah, they were in uh, in Californication as well at some point. One of their tracks mm-hmm. showed up, and they did the what, part of the soundtrack for Far Cry Five, the video <sighs> game. Got it. So, um, you know, so that's big leagues. Yeah, it's pretty big leagues. If only, if only <laughs> we could get that far. <laughs> but uh, you've been doing quite well for yourself, I must say. Like through the years, I've been keeping tabs on. You know, I, I like as I like to do you, with a lot man. of artists. I've been keeping tabs on how they're doing and uh, comparing as well. And you, <laughs> you seem to get your start around the exact same time that I did, but. The major difference between you and I is like my my play count went down after a certain point, and yours yours stayed pretty high throughout. So you know, congratulations on that. That's great. Thank you, man. I mean, I don't know how much credit I deserve for it. I mean, I know we're both we're both just trying to hustle and and do what we can. But like we, I know we've talked about this before. We're we're at the mercy of the algorithm gods at at a certain point. Yeah, and uh, it seems like I've been you know I've been staying relatively lucky in in that regard um so i just try to stay humble and keep doing my thing and then if people like to listen to it a lot then i'll keep making music i mean even <laughs> if they didn't listen to a lot i'd still make it oh yeah like if you go in with the expectation <laughs> to get like a 
uh, like a crowd of thousands like tuning into your stuff every single day like you're going to be in for a harsh surprise for like the vast majority of the working class musicians but yeah right i mean the i guess this is a little tidbit that maybe most people who listen to my stuff don't know is that i actually just made it for myself originally this was probably like uh whatever late 2010 early 2011 somewhere in there um i was in college at the time or um somewhere in there and i had terrible insomnia and so i just started making stuff and uh at the time it was either an early copy of ableton or um i had like reason four that i had somehow gotten a copy of from somebody on a disc and i was just fooling around and trying to make stuff that i could fall asleep to and that was really the beginning of it it's just me trying to fix my own insomnia and it worked and then apparently it worked for other people too wow that's great to hear man i yeah my story is sort of similar like when i was about i think 18 something like that i developed tinnitus which is if you don't know is that beeping uh noisy getting your ears mm-hmm. um with me it's not because i've damaged my hearing but it's, it's psychosomatic so what the real reason is nobody fucking knows it's just it's there so i had to live with this right. beep and i and I got real bad insomnia from that. And so I needed like music to sort of fill up the room and, and distract me from that incessant fucking beeping noise. And, right. that, and that's how I found ambient music. And uh, yeah, that's what I started doing after a while as well. Like I'm not really an ambient artist anymore, but it, it still holds a very special place in my heart, obviously. Right. So... I mean, you know, your stuff has kind of evolved too. I like your new stuff too, where it's more, uh, a little more structured, um, and not as, uh, you know, I always use the terms, uh, passive listening and active listening. And yours has kind of moved from, from more passive to more active over the years, which, uh, which I think is cool. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's not that I was like sick of making ambient music it's just that my tastes have started to change throughout the years like i was way more interested in dance music i i reacquired a lot love for hip-hop and those are like (laughs) things that you don't really mesh with ambient at least not like the pure drone stuff so i'm just right so i'm just you know flipping the script a little bit and now i'm just working with my influences way more than i used to and it ha- just happens that I'm influenced more by what you say, a- active listening music, than I am with passive music right now. Sure. But like one thing that has like remained the same throughout the years is that uh, y- you are forever like topping my most listened to artist charts every single year. I'm not too ashamed oh, right to admit. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been with me pretty much. For, for like the better part of a decade and at, at this point, which is why I'm so psyched to talk to you right now. And I, I don't know if like a, like a drone artist is the type of artist to get all starstruck over, but here we are. So yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's surreal to have people talk about your music that way. Cause it's like, like we said, it's like so fringe that <laughs> I think, you know, maybe I have, um, a handful of people kind of um, like you that have kept in touch with me and have been like longtime supporters. But outside of that, um, I don't know. I haven't really mm. gotten much, uh, I don't know, like actual feedback from people on any of the stuff that I put out. It's been like, I kind of just put it out there and, you know, maybe people will buy it every once in a while on Bandcamp. We'll get a couple bucks here and there. Um, but mm-hmm. it's, it's mostly radio silence. I mostly kind of put it out there and I feel like it, 
for the most part, just kind of sits there in in the internet void. But yeah, every like we said, Spotify is like, a game changer, man. I don't know. All of a sudden, we randomly woke up and Spotify decided to put us on these giant playlists, and then we found out that streaming revenue is an actual thing. Oh God, yes, <laughs> I... <laughs> an actual thing. And then yeah, like people were making so much money, like. I uh, I definitely don't make enough to to earn a living. Like we said, I have a a regular office job yeah. and I work nine to five, Same here. Um, which I think is fairly common for people in our scene. But you can back into the math of what people who are more popular on there are making, and it's serious money. It is a lot of money. Oh yeah, definitely. Now, now that I've experienced like firsthand how many streams you need on a monthly basis to to have like a full supportive income, like sure. you can sort of look to other artists and then sort of figure out like, oh, you're making that much. And then you see like exactly. some sick amounts of money going to like the likes of Post Malone or a Drake or what have you, or even like <laughs> Hammock. Like, but, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's like it's, you could get mad about it, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like streaming services seem to be like a, like a great facilitator now for, for indie musicians in general, which is a change in the way that, that the industry sort of propagates itself that I'm, really behind right now it, it's great that i can find through streaming services these these niche artists and it's great for those sure. niche artists to have an actual like pool of listeners now like people that know that they exist except you know outside of the usual band camp landscape that artists like us right. usually live in you know well as i say like you know you had this too with your um, experience on one of these larger playlists like in, yeah. i think in like one day on one of those larger playlists i got more streams than in 10 years yes. of having my stuff on Bandcamp, which is wild yeah when you think about it it, it, it was like it one was so weird like i went from from getting maybe 200 like people listening to my music a day to at at one point this was like only a short span of a couple of days but i got like fifty thousand streams a day it's, which is wild it's baffling absolutely baffling and it's a great <laughs> motivator for the rest of your like um right for the rest of your career as well because it even though the numbers are sort of meaningless because you you're not really connecting with people per se it still shows you that you have made something worth discovering and worth introducing to a larger audience, which is a fantastic motivator, you know? Sure. It me... And it, sorry, go on. It's a, uh, I don't know how to phrase it correctly, but it's like, uh, it feels good, maybe on a superficial level, but on like an artistic level to know that like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people have heard your stuff and, come back and listen to it again yeah um it's a fantastic and like maybe feeling. half those people won't but some of them will and you would have never reached those people through um the older channels that we were using like soundcloud or bandcamp or something like that like not to knock those guys like i think bandcamp's great it, uh, I'll, they I'll are stay with them forever um but it's just not really the same playbook yeah all right so like uh Enough about the money issue because that that if you are yeah we don't need to talk about money now nah, if you if you know, you're like a whatever. musician talking about money is depressing anyway so I'm just going to ask you let's let's talk about other stuff let's talk about whatever you want to talk about yeah I'll, I I I want to know what draws you to to music because it takes like a special kind of dedication to come back to this craft every 
single time for years on on sure. end. Like, what keeps you coming back every single time? What makes you decide? Yeah, I'm just going to release another single or an album or a bunch of singles in one month, like you're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, it comes in waves, man. I don't know. There were there have been like years at a time where I've like kind of struggled to find inspiration, um, but then, um, every once in a while, I'll just be like in a certain kind of mental headspace where I feel super creative and I can knock out like a bunch of tracks over the course of a few days, mm-hmm. um, and then I can kind of go into more engineering mode and and tinker about with them and get them to where I think they're they're pretty good and put them out from there. Right. Is that um, is that what's going on right now with your current project? Was it like one one song every single week? I recorded them all at once. I, I really? did them all in like two days. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> um that's that's what I'm saying is like when I when like all my equipment is laid out and I'm in the right headspace, I can I can kind of crank them out in in the recording phase and just put a bunch of ideas out there and and do a bunch of recording and then tinker with it after the fact but like the raw recording um is kind of like the first phase where i have like my kind of janky setup of my um i have an old uh epiphone jazz guitar that i put 13 gauge super heavyweight jazz strings on and then tune it down like two octaves right. not two octaves, two, so, uh, it's, so it's pretty much like a um, like a baritone guitar it's like a baritone point, yeah yeah and so you got the big boy strings on there and then that goes into my old, um, it's like a Digitech GNX three multi effects processor, which has like all the cheesy digital delays and, and reverb and like tin can sounds on it where it's like, it's super corny and they don't make it anymore, but I kind of like the way it sounds. Right. Um, and so it goes from that into the, um, the little audio interface and into Ableton from there. Um, but it's mostly just that in a loop station pretty much so it's it's like a pretty lo-fi setup as far as the gear it's just a guitar multi-effects processor loop station right into ableton well if that's all um, you need to to make the stuff that you want to make and that's enough i mean my my catalog's been pretty consistent in that <laughs> in that sonic uh wheelhouse for about 10 years now. oh yeah i think like i go as far as to say that I don't really know of any other artist that does that specific vibe that you you have. Like, obviously, there's guitar-based ambient and drone artists, but there sure. there, there is something about I don't know your 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 choice of chords, or uh, the the choice of layers that you do that sort of make you stand out, even on like a like a station like Ambient Sleeping Pill, which is just artists sure. like that. But even then. My ears still sort of perk up when your stuff gets played because you do a very specific sort of thing. And I'm just wondering, like, how, how do you decide your, your style? Like, sure. How do you do this? Uh, well, first of all, shout out to Andrew and Ambient Sleeping Pill. We got to do that number one. We got to shout out. Yeah. My main man, Andrew, Definitely. another day one fan. He's, uh, he's coming on the <laughs> podcast at some point too. So. Exactly. We got to get them on here. <laughs> and then, um, the second half, your actual question. Um, I'd say a big part of it, um, I guess most people don't know this too, is I almost, but ended up not going, um, to school for jazz guitar. I got into Berkeley School of Music, um, and had studied jazz pretty seriously up to that point, um, through taking guitar lessons and just being kind of like a jazz theory nerd, mm-hmm. um, up to that point. But then when it came time for me to actually go, I kind of changed my mind at the last minute and went for just like a normal uh, liberal arts four-year degree um, and ended up being in philosophy, which is 
not really related <laughs> to much of anything having to do with music, but there we have it. Um, but I kind of had that theory background of uh, studying all the jazz classics and, and you know, knowing your circle of fifths and your scales and modes and all that fun stuff. Mm. Um, and so even though I don't actively study and play that stuff anymore, I think when I compose, it still finds its way to kind of creep in there. And it's not like I'm trying to make jazz ambient or anything, but it's... Um, it's still built it's on still, that knowledge, essentially. Yeah, thinking thinking about it with that kind of stuff in mind. Um, and it's definitely not theory-heavy music. It's more just kind of like a... I like to think of it as just like a thing that sits there. And yeah. then maybe it'll go somewhere and maybe it won't. Um, but it's kind of like looking at a photograph. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a mood, essentially. Yeah, it's it's just you're you're creating a an experience that you just sit there and think about for a couple of minutes and some people get nothing out of it except they feel relaxed. And then some people have written me messages saying, you know, it helped them with depression or all sorts of other things, which is super cool. Um, Cause you know, it might not even have been something that I had thought about putting into that particular piece of music, but then people have said they've gotten stuff out of it that I didn't even think was in there. So yeah, exactly. I, I get, I, I get messages like that as well. Like people, Saying that my, that my stuff is relaxing to him, or just or just sounds like dreamy, and when I listen to my own music, I'm like, oh, this is this is made by a sad sack of shit. <laughs> like, but people really do not yeah. so, do not seem to hear that in the stuff that I I make, which is just as well, like you say, like it, it occupies a place in in their lives, and it's up to them to define what that place is. I'm just happy for for the attention, I guess, and happy that I've been able to help someone. So it's sure. yeah, it's great to hear stuff like that from people who liked your music enough to sit down and then bang out like an email to you. So yeah, yeah, I've gotten a few of those, and if anybody's listening, I do actually read my emails when you send them to me, and uh, it means a lot. I like it; it feels nice. You know, I I always write back. <laughs> so you hear it, folks. Let your favorite artist know that you like them. They might even respond. Um, <laughs> so you said it was like your setup is quite quite lo-fi but i would extend that to mm -hmm. um like your album covers as, uh, as well like sure what, what is this interest in, in in this specific aesthetic for you like how does that play into to your art uh i mean part of it is like what we were talking about with like where you're creating or trying to channel kind of a mood um and and focus on that and i think maybe having something to look at that at least for me helps evoke that um kind of helps with that experience the, right. the actual photographs are all um actual for the most part at least most of these new ones um they're all actual family photos so my mom um had um a bunch of old slides that were taken by my grandpa in the i think it was most of the 60s and 70s um, and they've all been recently digitized. Um, so I have this huge archive of whatever, like 500 pictures of old family stuff. Um, and then some of them are just of me. Um, right. Some some newer ones. But a lot of them, like, if you go to Spotify, like, on your uh, desktop, there's, like, a big landing page. And the photo in the background is my grandpa and my mom when she was, um, like, eight years old, which is pretty cool. Right. So um, why don't you, you choose to in, in, include that? Because it, it's become part of your, your aesthetic, and I think it fits the, the music guess, very yeah. well. 
I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was like a conscious thing or if it was just I found all these images and I'm like, these are great and this is a cool way to use them. Um, I think it fits kind of just the kind of overall vibe of the the stuff that I was putting out. Um, and it's like you look at the title of a song, you look at the album cover, you hear the sounds and it creates this kind of mood. And I think that's that's part of that immersive experience like we were talking about. Yeah, exactly. All right, so <laughs> here's like a like a thing like... I've seen you, you like the name of your project a bunch of times over the last decade, but I was never quite sure how to pronounce it. So how would I what, do just, that? Just, it's just Quadge Basket, man. Quadge, <laughs> <a> ridiculous. <laughs> quadge Basket. It's a, it's a ridiculous name, right? But like, I was never it's, quite it's sure. It was like Quage Basket, Quage, ba- Quage. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. It's it's nonsense. Uh, oh God, like it's, it's the same with my project name. There's no, yeah. There's no real deep story here. Um, the the only kind of fun fact tid- tidbit about it is um, the the first part Quage is an abbreviation for Kwajalein, which is an island in the South Pacific. Um, and my dad, when he was growing up, um, like my grandpa was stationed out on a military base out there on the island of Kwajalein, and my dad spent a lot of time there as a kid because um, my grandpa was working out on this base. He was like an engineer doing something um, for the military out there. And so he would always... Uh, use quaj as his password for everything <laughs> so i just had <laughs> right. this i had this like this random sonic tidbit embedded in my brain since i was a child and then the basket i don't know where the basket came from but here we are 10 years later and i'm still using this freaking name <laughs> i can't escape it <laughs> oh man <laughs> like for years i've wondered what that might yeah. have meant, meant. i think i i spoke with, with it's not as deep as you would <laughs> no, hope not, not at all <laughs> like i spoke with, about this with andrew as well like years ago and he's like i don't know <laughs> oh andrew from uh yeah. ambient sleeping pill yeah it's like i don't know it is <laughs> it's just a couple words in it like i shouldn't i yeah, shouldn't it's, talk it's the same with me echo grid means absolutely nothing like Exactly. Just two words is that the, sound good. Is that like the Ableton grid? <laughs> put the put the echo on the master track. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I've been I've been here. That's that pro mixing, right? Echo on the master. Yeah, definitely. Echo on the kicks as well. Like Yeah. <laughs> why not? So like with uh with your project, what what are your goals? Like, do you have any sort of idea what you want to do next? Would you like want to build on the stuff that you have now or expand it into into other areas um yeah i mean i've always kind of wanted to score films i like um conceptually the thought of doing that i've never actually scored a film before so i can't really speak on it um as far as whether i would actually enjoy it but conceptually um that's always been one of my goals is that um you know, if somebody was making maybe a somber documentary about something, I figured it would be a good fit. <laughs> or, uh, you know, um, one of my favorite artists, uh, One O Tricks Point Never, oh, um, right, yeah. Daniel Lopatin. Do you know his stuff? Yeah. He's had like a super cool evolution of starting with like super nerdy synthesizer music, um, that I listened to, you know, back in like 2009, 2010. I found all his old stuff. Um, and then he kind of grew, signed on Warp Records and then started to dabble into, um, like art installations and then from there he started to score films and now he's you know he's scored whatever the new one is uncut gems with adam sandler and it's like he's mm-hmm. 
he's in the big league now. Um, so like that kind of trajectory has always appealed to me where you start like kind of on the low, on the low, low, and then, <laughs> uh, build up to something perhaps more substantial. Um, I don't really have any interest in, uh, going on tour or performing live or anything like that. I don't, um, you know, I used to play live back in the day when I was in bands and stuff in high school, but I don't think I enjoy it as much anymore. I'm kind of a boring adult these days and I like staying at home. So yeah, I, I, I get that. Like the last time I was on the stage is, uh, I don't know, seven, eight years ago at this point. I'm not really in a hurry to get back sure. on it. So it's draining, but you're, you, you're trying to make dance music, man. You got <laughs> where's where's that arena show? <laughs> I was I was talking with uh, with a friend of mine about this, so we had like like this idea because I'm I'm like a hopeless uh, shut in who's a bit of an introvert sure. at the same time, and I was like, yeah, we could do live shows, but I could just put my friend there in a mask and, and tell everybody it's me, and I'll just stay home and watch the live stream or something like that. Yeah, because <laughs> I think like well, all right, so this is going to be. Uh, Maybe an obscure reference, maybe not, but it's like, you know, um, do you know the producer Grief, the, the beat maker guy? Uh, no. What is he, what is so he done? Look him up, look him up after we're done. He's done a bunch of crazy projects, but, um, he, he did a lot of production for like the, um, like the team sesh guys, like Bones. Oh, and, right. Uh, yeah. I do know. Like that. he did a track with like Lil Peep before Lil Peep passed away and like stuff like that. So he's just like a hip hop producer. Um, and he made a couple tracks for like Lil B the Bass God and like some right. other obscure stuff. Um, but nobody knows anything about this guy. He's been making beats for 10 years. Nobody knows his name. They don't know what his face looks like. Um, he doesn't do any interviews. Nobody knows anything about him. They don't even know where he lives. <laughs> um, and he's super popular within that kind of niche internet hip hop scene. Um, but he did a few shows in LA, but then like, instead of it being him on stage, there was like some old guy that came out <laughs> and like played his stuff on the laptop. And like, everybody was like, is this him? Is this not him? It was like, definitely not him, but oh shit, yeah, that, that would totally work idea for, for a project. Like I'm, I'm looking at my mate right now and it's like, yeah, just, we were not the first one with this on idea. Stage <laughs> playing it out of iTunes with like one mixer. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, that's how he did his live show. But he's, it's like, it kind of adds to the mystique of him. Yeah. Like, this, uh, like, you know how nobody knew who burial was for years. It's kind of like that situation. Yeah, I guess like for the longest time, people didn't really know who Daft Punk were. And, and that sort of right. added to the mystery as well. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can I identify with stuff like that because all the promo material that is out there of me is uh, that's not me in the photos. That's either friends of mine or <laughs> or, like, really? or, or like me with a face covering on because uh, I don't know. Right. I, I like I like my anonymity a whole lot, and it sure. sort of works with the cyberpunk I've, aesthetic that I'm going for anyway. I've kind of struggled with that too. Is like how much do I want to say like oh this is like you know, putting my government name out there versus just saying <laughs> quad basket. <you> know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to like try to stalk me or anything. Um, yeah. No, not much stalking just, going uh, on in ambient music. As far as I'm aware. No, no nothing like that. <laughs> I've never seen groupies um, at a show. Like I've been to a couple of ambient shows, but it's mostly middle-aged people who just uh, want to go home before nine. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. The 40 year old synth nerds. I'm not heavy. <laughs> yeah. Then it was me. So like 22 year old goth. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, like, what, what what are your influences? Like, who are your musical heroes? Sure. Um, 
I mean, you got the heavyweight ambient gods, which in my mind are, of course, Brian Eno and um, Harold Budd, mm. um, two of the heavyweight guys. And then, of course, my main man, William Bazinski. Um, I felt like I basically made my whole career off of ripping off William Bazinski. There are worse artists to rip off. Yeah. yeah. Which, um, for anyone listening that hasn't listened to William Bazinski but has listened to my music, please go and do so. Um, dude's an absolute legend um, in my eyes and a huge influence um, on the evolution of my sound. Um, he, he took it a step further than I do. He's, he's okay with just putting out one track every three years that's 42 minutes long <laughs> right. and it's just one loop. Which is like, <laughs> it's like a next, next level hardcore ambient commitment um i think it was one other artist live he really will just stand there with a laptop and play it live for 42 minutes and like he's doing little tweaks on the laptop and the mixer i'm like what's going on you're not doing anything (laughs) (laughs) come on buddy it's a it's a very special breed of musician those uh those those pure drone and ambient musicians deep cuts all right deep cuts i think there was i think it was steve reich who did like an album that was like 12 hours long or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Something, something strange like that. Like, who listens to that in one city? Or who, who can even like get like a, a favorite track of an album like that because it all flows into each other? I don't know. Anyway, uh, don't let me interrupt you. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, but yeah, let me just think for a minute. Yeah, William Bazinski, Brian Eno, Harold Budd, um, and then I like. Uh, all the old one of tricks point never stuff. Like I was saying, that was a huge influence on me. Definitely. Um, and then also, Oh, can't forget about sun or sun. O as yeah. The uninitiated like to call him, uh, the drone metal overlords. Bizarre from, uh, music. Southern Lord records. Yeah. Yeah. I saw them live once really? with my friend in Los Angeles. It was a, it was a life changing experience. It was the loudest show I've ever been to in my entire life. I had really nice earplugs because I always wear earplugs. Mm-hmm. Responsible. And it didn't matter. Um, they, <laughs> they played for like two and a half hours. Jesus. And they didn't let anybody have any cell phones or lights or anything. If they saw you take your phone out, they'd kick you out of the show. Really? <laughs> um, and it was like pure darkness with like a ton of fog. And just like purple and green light on the stage. <laughs> and it was, I think they played one song for like two hours. There was no breaks. There was no interludes, no intermission. It was, the sound didn't stop for over two hours. And my knees started to give out <laughs> at the end of it. Jesus. I had like an out of body experience. A pretty intense music, man. In your chest. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's very intense. I, I, I don't know if I've ever made it through an entire album of theirs, but I'll listen to it every now and then. But just, yeah, you gotta take it in small doses. God, yes. <laughs> like, I can, I can listen to some hard to listen shit for, for quite a long time. Like shit like Igor mm-hmm. or something like that. Like Breakcore is a, is, is a pretty big love of mine. But, like, Sun is, is very hard to listen to. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's crazy to me how they've been able to strike this balance between having it be sort of drone ambient music and also just metal hyper aggressive sonic assault at the same yeah. time it was like you, you can't passively listen to it but there's also nothing for you to really grab on yeah so exactly you're, you're stuck in the middle and it's very uneasy which i think is part of the point like they they did that album called life metal i think it was last year or the year before that yeah that's like the newer yeah, one yeah yeah exactly and it's 
it's so fucking intense. It just sounds like like yeah, the brutal. end of the world. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's really good stuff. Well, after we saw him live, we all just got into the car and sat in silence when we drove home. <laughs> yeah, like, what can you say about? Like, we couldn't even. Yeah, we couldn't even say like, "Oh, that was so good," or whatever. It was like things you'd usually say after a show. Um, which reminds me, another one of my favorite shows, Cigaros. Forgot to mm. mention them. Um, huge influence. Um, yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, you can definitely hear that in the music. <laughs> Again, uh, worst uh, artist to steal from. Yeah, well, I saw them live at um, the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles, um, which was another religious experience for me. I was just openly weeping. <laughs> it was uh, the prettiest, prettiest thing I've heard about um, as far as live shows. So yeah, can't recommend that enough. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to see them live once the uh, the current apocalypse is done. Whenever the fuck that is. Oh, you mean the violent hellscape that is our new reality? Yeah, like, I, I wanted to ask, because you are in California, which is one of the areas mm-hmm. worst affected by this. Like, what what has it been like for you since the start of the pandemic? It's, uh, it's gone, it's weird, man. I mean, I think I probably have a different experience than most, because my girlfriend is a doctor who works at the hospital every day. Right. Um, so, she's kind of seeing the brunt front lines of it all. Um, for most people, I think it's more of like an abstract thing that they read about in the papers. Mm-hmm. Um, but still it's been like, everybody took it super serious um, in the beginning and everybody was very good about staying home and only going out for the essentials. And um, it's at the point now where <laughs> literally nobody cares anymore. <laughs> Everybody's just gotten bored of staying home. They don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds and familiar. It's, uh, it's the exact like same over here. Half the time people are wearing masks. Half the time they're not wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Like our cases are still going up every day. They're not going down. Um, but nobody cares. So it's it's weird. It's like everybody so badly wants things to go back to normal that they just think maybe if we all act normal, then it'll go back to normal. When it's like, nope, that's yeah, not what's happening. Yeah, the exact same shit is happening over here. Like at some point, people just got bored of the pandemic and just decided yeah it's regular life now while right. while it isn't well, you're in uh the netherlands you're in the netherlands right yes yeah and so are you in the country or in a um more city area i'm in um the the most urbanized area of the entire world which is a uh, close to <laughs> west coast and this will not surprise you uh our city is worse affected than the rest of the country is uh, mostly because of the aforementioned yeah. idiots not really wanting to keep to uh, uh, to the measurements in place and just doing whatever the fuck. So, yeah. Right. I mean, California originally was like, oh, you should wear a mask um, if you're in a public place, um, but not if you're exercising or if you're walking on the street, you don't have to. But if you go inside a building like a business or... Um, you know, anything like that, you should have one on. And then people just got so confused, they eventually had to clarify the language and just say, anytime you're not inside your house, put on a mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the rules over like, here are a bit weird. And people still don't do it. It doesn't matter, but whatever. Yeah, here you have to wear them when you're in uh, in public transport. And outside of that, you sure. don't really have to have to wear them. You just have to you know, stay six feet away from other people. Um, right. But this is, of course, you know, the, the, those two basic rules... Uh, are seen as an affront to freedom of speech. Um, th- th- there's now people likening like 
the way my country is handling the pandemic with Nazi Germany, which, you know, is not what's going on here at all. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, we've had protests. Uh, we've had riots uh, fighting against the police over here as well. Um, you, you might not know this, but what happens in America sort of has a ripple effect on Europe. Sure. Which is why... We're, we're the trendsetters, man. Definitely. Like, we are living through <laughs> a light version of what you're going through right now. <laughs> But it, yeah, it's I mean, still horrible. It's the difference between Marlboro and Marlboro right. Light, essentially. Right. right. Well, I think, you know, your whole country probably has about as many cases as, you know, maybe Southern California. Well, not even, but uh, California's got it pretty rough. Well, we, we've had uh, 6,000 people dead over the course of the pandemic, which is not a lot if you compare it to other countries. <laughs> Right, I think I think we're creeping up on the 200k mark. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. I, I, we're we're at about a thousand a day, which is like super disheartening. Shit, man. I'm... At this point, it's just like it's like you know, monopoly money. It doesn't even. It's not like a real number to me anymore, which is bad because it means we're um, growing numb to that, which I don't want to do. Yeah, like he'd almost forget that there is an election on as well. You know. Yeah, in like two months, man. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> not that far away. Yeah, the world is watching with bated breath, with a mixture of yeah. uh, disgust, surprise, and amusement. Uh, but I hope everything. Everybody writing Quadge Basket twenty twenty. <laughs> Get me on the ballot. All right, guys, I'll fix the problems. It's fine. Make America ambient again. I- <laughs> you know, we're changing the national anthem to my new record. It's fine. <laughs> oh man, wouldn't that be something? Next presidential candidate yeah. walks on stage and it's your music playing. <laughs> Think about how much lower everybody's blood pressure would be. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Maybe they should, they should blast that in Portland and see if that works. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm trying, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I, I keep to, to kind of dabble back into the more business side of it. Mm. You know, So Spotify lets you do these pitches, right, yes. when you um, submit a track. Um, yeah, that's never worked for me. <laughs> Yeah, you know, haven't haven't still waiting on that to work Spotify. Um, so <laughs> although the volume of requests <laughs> that they might get on every any single day yeah, is probably I, enormous. Yeah, I don't I don't even know how much volume that goes through, but I figure in our genres it's maybe a little bit more obscure. Um, <laughs> but I'm always wondering like how to kind of pitch it to them, and so the, these most recent ones, these these four tracks that I put out in August. I was trying to tell a story of like, okay, these are stressful times. You know, this music is what the people need. <laughs> I am providing a partial reprieve from the violent chaos of our everyday life. Right. And uh, maybe Spotify didn't agree with that because they didn't have any, any freaking playlists. <laughs> that's, that's, like that? You know. Nope. Too political for us. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if it was that or if it's I you know they don't give you much info on how that process no, works. It's all very none mysterious. at all. And like so, they they published like a like a blog post about this two weeks ago. Sort of dived into the pitching process, and I came out the other end like knowing absolutely nothing about the pitching process. It was just useless marketing fluff. They're a very closed up company yeah. <laughs> that make it hard to build. I think a base. I read that too. I was. I was a little confused at the end of it, what I was supposed to take away from that, other than um, it helps if you have a following, but also if you don't have a following, we'll still pick you. Or Yeah, exactly. Like um, We can work with none of this. Thank you very much, Spotify. Right. 
it's like what what do you want me to tell you <laughs> to to get your attention <laughs> yeah exactly like i've i've tried to be business like i've tried to be personable like neither really works right. so now now i just stopped giving a fuck because the tracks of mine that seem to yeah, go viral I, are not the tracks that i submit for pitching <laughs> Well, like the one track of mine that like has stayed on all these goofy playlists um, is like not like the first track on a project. It was like some off kind of one off throwaway track that like I didn't even think was one of my better ones. But apparently Spotify has said we have selected this one to be <laughs> moved up to the next level. And um, yeah. It was like, why, why that one? That is not the one that I would have picked. Yeah, same with me. Say of it, but it's, it's, it's such an odd choice to me, and they don't give you any insight into it, and it just kind of randomly happened. So yeah, exactly. Who's to say what their thought process was? Yeah, it's the same with my my track. Like it was a track called "Color" of my, I think, third album, and it was, mm-hmm. and with the power of hindsight. I do not like that track all that much. Like, it features the one and only guitar <laughs> solo that I've ever played myself, and it is absolutely horrible. Yet, yet it sits at, like, I don't know, 7 million plays at this point, and it keeps getting plays. Yeah, ridiculous. So, like, I've, I've yeah. got better stuff that I'm way more proud of than what I've done here. Please, exactly. please stop giving that one attention. <laughs> uh, but that's just the way it goes with streaming services, I guess. There's absolutely no way to influence it other than, you know, posting your stuff on there and hoping something hits. But... Yeah, yeah it's it's weird, man. I feel like maybe that helps and maybe it doesn't. Because I've looked at, like, you know, you go to one of these huge uh, ambient playlists and you just kind of click around at some of the random tracks that are on there. And it's like, I've clicked on a few of them where it's like, that's their only track that they have. Yeah. I'm like, how did this happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, this guy's got one track on Spotify and it's got like 15 million plays. <laughs> I'm like, how the hell did this happen <laughs> right i'm out here grinding right? <laughs> i'm out here grinding and it's just going into the void yeah it does seem like that sometimes doesn't it but you know uh anyways you, you can't you can't really enough. focus on that I'm, too I'm much i'm off my soapbox now <laughs> you can't really focus on that stuff too much like 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 we said at the start you can't really go into music expecting you get success out of it so any little bit of ex- success that you get it's good, right? You know, uh, yeah. And I, I actually, um, I can't talk about it too much because I had to sign uh, a magical NDA agreement. But I have a super secret project coming out in um, the middle of December, um, which will be another uh, five-track thing. That's a collaboration with this other project, um, non-musical in nature. So I think it's it's super interesting. It's unlike uh, anything that I've done before. Um, just to kind of tease the people um keep on the lookout for that that'll be i think december 11th is when that's officially coming out um more info to follow guys all right as soon as i'm legally allowed to discuss it i will do so (laughs) but there there are more things coming um and i think that project stemmed from some of the other kind of success that i had or, or uh notoriety through through things like Spotify, um, wouldn't have happened without that stuff. So that's pretty cool. Well, you're making it very easy for me to to do an interview because um, my next question would have been, have you got any stuff in the works right now? But you saw I'm taking care of that. (laughs) So thank you. I got my super secret December project that's coming out. Um, That's actually finished. Um, 
And then I have a few kind of little tidbits that aren't finished yet on my uh, on my Ableton plate that I'm uh, still munching on. Um, so I, I liked this kind of newer format of releasing one track at a time instead yeah. of doing an album. I've always done albums, um, at least like, you know, four or more tracks. Um, I used to do longer albums, but recently they've been about four or five tracks each. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was kind of new for me is just kind of staggering out releases one at a time. Um, and I actually really liked it. So I think I'm probably going to keep doing that, um, for a little bit. Um, Kind of see what happens. All right, that's you know this is the world we're living in now. People don't want albums; they want they want easily digestible fast food sandwiches. Definitely one true. One little audio tidbit, <laughs> but it it, it <laughs> works from like a like an artistry standpoint as well because it allows you to be more experimental with every single and not really think about it having to sound cohesive sure. within like an album. So I've always liked yeah. that about the single format, and I'm sort of glad that we went in that direction as an industry. Yeah, I mean, if we were painters, we wouldn't paint six paintings at once and release them. We would do them one at a time, right? True. So I think of it like that. I I paint a little audio picture, and then I put it out into the universe and see what happens. And hopefully people listen to it and maybe take a nap. Wow. That's, uh, I, I, I cannot think of a more perfect way to end, uh, end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for having me on, man. I've never done a podcast before. This has been... Well, a lot of fun. You did well, so um, thank thank we you for coming do it on. again. <laughs> definitely, definitely. If there's ever going to be a part two of the Quadge Basket podcast, the, the Quadge Basket saga, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, we'll connect again in like a year or two and see where we are. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you for uh, for jumping on. I'm uh, now I'm going to very artificially uh, inseminate the outro into this. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to uh, to this talk to, with a person that I've been trying to get in contact with for years now. It's good that we finally did this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a long time coming. Definitely, I'm uh, going to put all the relevant links in the uh, description, like uh, links to, uh, to Spotify, Apple Music, uh, your Twitter. Sure, thanks. And uh, yeah, that's about it. My name's been Echo Grid, and thank you so much for listening. See you next time.